You're live, Dave. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Swolecast here on RotorGrinders.com. Uh, listen, today is going to be a fun show. I don't know if it's going to be an educational show, but I do know it's going to be a fun show because the guest we have on today, he reminds us that, uh, you know, as we like to say, sometimes you just need to live a little. So come on in. It's the Swolecast. Please don't do me, bro. It's the poop narrative. It's just been waiting to say those words. No. <laughs> for five no, years. No. Amazing. It's like the NWO. Yeah, I like the uh, and I, I like the pixelated version uh, as well. So um, all right. Welcome everybody to the Swole Cast, guys. Uh, Pete, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Little, uh, little stress, Dave, trying to get ready for a flight today, trying to get our house ready for an open house, still trying to entertain everyone, you know, just, just juggling lots of stuff right now. Uh, your flight, are you going, where are you going to Vegas? Colorado. 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 Oh, okay. Great. Uh, Davis, how are you? You know, uh, less less than a month until I get married, so I I've just got shit to do all day, every day. And David, as you know, you've known me for a long time. I don't really like to do stuff. I kind of just like to hang out. I don't I don't like having a big long to do list. This is when it gets it. I mean, this is crunch time right here. We we do every we we've tracked down everyone's RSVP though, so we got no question marks left on that list. So that that was that was good. Good, good, good. All right, Davis, are you cutting weight right now? Is what I want to know. No, uh, I, if anything, if anything, I'm probably doing doing the opposite. You put like, but you've already have you already been measured for your tux and everything? Like, I just went and got my final measurements yesterday. Okay, all right. So as as long as you don't go too high or low above that. Well, my my suit my suit I got when I was like fat fat. I'm I'm like skinny guy fat right now. Like you can't tell I'm that fat when I have a t-shirt on. So it's it's fine. All right, uh, I want to bring on today's guest. He's Jeff Edelstein. Jeff, um, he writes for a, a lot of different sites, and now we are BC brethren. We're, we're better collective brethren. And uh, I met him last year, I guess, in Jersey. That's right. And I was like, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm." And he was like, "Oh, I know who you are. <laughs> I've been listening to the Swolecast for forever. That's so cool. of course, you know me." Uh, you know, I get these interactions all the time, uh, but I say to him, tell me more. <laughs> so I just, I want to know, Jeff, um, tell us about your Swolecast upbringing. Yeah. Upbringing. So <laughs> raised by Swolecast. That's a terrifying yeah. thought. My mother introduced it to me when I was three years old. Right. Uh, no, I, no, I've been, you know, playing DFS for a while and, you know, I just kind of joined Roto Grinders way back when. And so, you know, I started watching the Swolecast and, you know, I learned how to, I mean, I think more, the most important thing I took away from it was you got to drink a lot of water. 
Yeah. Uh, and you got to set your European soccer lineups, you know, every chance you get. Th- uh, those are the big takeaways. But, uh, you know, yeah, you found me just so, you know, the you know, so Peter and Davis know, you know, I know D- Kitchen does a lot of discovering of talent. Right. Uh, yes. he, he found me in Jersey. What he didn't say is that he found me under an overpass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he took me in and, you know, cleaned me up. And, you know, here I am that's, today. It's that's really, what he does. It's what it's he does. He's a, be- he's a beautiful man. He taught you how to live a little. Yeah, I'd, I'd say right. so. I'd say so. The uh, the the live a little bit from last week has uh, it's really taken off. Um, Jeff, how many best balls have you done? I, I'm in the low 40s at this point. Okay, that's a well, healthy number. That's a yeah, much very healthy, healthy well that's adjusted. A, that's much better than my number. You are yeah. you are a much more well adjusted person than me. The truth of it is, I started getting a little. It get well, I don't want to say bored, but like no, I was it so gets bored. Thank it gets you, bored. Jeff. That's gets, what I'm saying. It does get a little. You've done three tedious. drafts, kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it gets it gets boring it does get boring this is what i want i i want them to do you know they're, they're always like trying to do new you know a few different things you know they did the uh the, the you know with the Super two players. quarterbacks or whatever i want them to do a 10 second draft when it's that 30 I, that seconds would be fun. give me 10 yes. seconds give me like uh, sign me up right Jeff, this boom, is boom, what boom. i've been saying this is what i've been saying people will get bored because they start so early by the end of it you got to mix it up a little bit davis is just reaffirming this it took you to be on the show to have him reaffirm this. I also want to point out, I got made fun of last week for drafting two backup Bucks running backs. It was a mistake. Here we go. Well, lo and behold, the prestigious Scott Fishbowl 12, I get a notification that, uh, oh, White and Vaughn on the same team, Soccer Dave would be proud. So, of course, I... Th- I thought it was under 072, the guy who who mentioned me, his team. And then I see it's Davis. Davis yeah. just keeps yeah. walking much, in my much, footsteps. Much different, much different move in a roster management league where we have uh, 50, 49 days left for news to happen in terms of waivers than yeah. in an 18-man roster league where you have no transactions it's, available it's to the you. the optics, though, Davis. The optics yeah. are pretty bad for you. <laughs> well, to be honest, to be honest, I've been a Rashad White maxi the entire time, but Hayden Winks talked me into Keyshawn Vaughn uh, like two weeks ago. We did a stream together. So, and, and, and of course, just the perfect marriage of Leonard Fournette weighing two of me. Um, that's been, that's been big news. That's been big well, news in my household. Hayden Winks, Hayden Winks is actually part of Kitchen's tree. So in a lot of ways, <laughs> Kitchen talked you into Keyshawn Vaughn. I call him my great grandfather. <laughs> uh, Jeff, how invested are you into the, uh, the weight of these players? Because I'm getting like sleeper notifications now about like wide receivers that have put on weight. Uh, obviously, running backs that have put on weight as well. Can you I name? Guess. Can you name a wide receiver who's put on weight, Dave? Before we go to Jeff. Yeah. Give me one. I feel like it was a Colts wide receiver <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> but obviously, Ceedee Lamb was the first. Um, it's these rookie wide receivers, these second year, third year wide receivers. I try to tune out all this nonsense, honestly. Yeah. You know, except like I mean, Fournette weighing two sixty. I mean, he's like ten pounds away from like you know diabetes. You know, I mean. <laughs> So that's the that's a big one, I guess. And he's but he's isn't this is not the first time that he's come to camp like way out of shape, right? But it's it's been like two forty before. Two dude, two sixty is like I don't know if Gronk was ever listed at two sixty. Two sixty is is uh, is thick. I mean, uh, there. I mean, there was that there was that clip of him running on the treadmill with the wide receivers a couple weeks ago, and their yeah. treadmills were not moving. And Leonard Fournette's <laughs> treadmill was holding on for dear life. It's rocking left and right. It's like, and it'll probably be fine. And like, obviously the big 
rebuttal to all this is Brady hates Brady. He's got, he's got a limited time left playing football and he is not. Yeah. He is not. I mean, dude's dude's 46. (laughs) Like he is past halfway of life expectancy for uh, slow down, slow down. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and, and, and the big counter, the, the big counter would just be Brady. Brady would literally like rather retire than, you know, trust pass protection to a rookie. So like, I, 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 I don't, I don't think Fournette is like undraftable, but I am much more interested in uh, uh, pulling the lever on backup Tampa Bay running backs now. Yes. So this makes you more likely. Uh, Pete, are you in the same camp? Um, yes. I, I've been Rashad White's one of my most exposed players that I have so far. So I've been kind of uh, a little happy that if he moves up a bit, because then I can you know pump the brakes. I was actually talking about this with Davis the other day, where it's when it goes the other direction, where the guy you've loading up on gets cheaper, and then you're like, not a I good do? feeling. Do I, yeah. do I keep dollar cost averaging down on this? So I, I, I'm I'm okay with the uh, uh, the Rashad White moving up movement. I do not know if I will join you guys on the Keyshawn Bond train. Well, you know, it makes sense, right? White's the rookie. Vaughn's been on the team three years. He played, I mean, he was playing more snaps than Giovanni Bernard last year when Fournette was hurt. What Vaughn, Vaughn started the playoff game against the Eagles, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess the three, question, the question though is like, did, you know, are they taking White in the third round without Brady's, you know, nod? Well, he was technically retired member that's of the true, team, that's right? right? That's right. That's right. Uh, Drew Dinkmeyer, by the way, I forgot to say this yesterday when we were talking. Drew Dinkmeyer will tell you a great story about what Davis Maddock does with exposures when guys he likes gets a little bit cheaper because Bankmeyer and I, uh, the first year MFL 10s came around, we did a bunch of them together and we would kind of consult and we were just smashing the 3 4 turn on Bishop Sankey and Michael Floyd, who were, uh, I think it was 2014 two of the biggest busts in fantasy football history. Like Bishop Sankey, I don't think ever started a game for the Titans. Like, I mean, it, was, it was one of the worst scenes of all time. I remember that year fondly because that was the first year I played Dynasty Football 2014, which was a fun year to get in for that rookie class mm-hmm. that was loaded. But we had the startup draft before it, and I was debating between Michael Floyd and DeAndre Hopkins in Tough the third scenes. round. Yeah. And I, I luckily took Hopkins, but I was razor thin from just hating Dynasty forever because I took Michael Floyd. <laughs> because you took Michael Floyd. Yeah. I remember uh, that was also the uh, the Peyton Manning uh, noodle arm year as well. because I had- Yep. Yeah, quite a few teams with uh, Jeff. With- when when did you start playing basketball? Do you remember that? Were you around in the MFL ten days? No, when you, you I made I, all your picks via email. No, best ball. I I ignored best ball. I just I, I didn't think it was I would enjoy it. And then uh, you know last year is when I started, and I enjoyed it like to the point of but, uh, you know trouble. Are you in the Scott Fishbowl? No. Okay. You're not? No, I don't know. I mean, what do I do? I just well, I, can get, I mean, I can get you in. I know Scott. I, I can. I can <laughs> you got a guy? You got a guy? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's yours, Jeff. Right. Well, Peter no. and I Peter and I both came to the same conclusion yesterday, which is that best ball has really broken our brains. Like, Scott Fishbowl used to be so exciting. It was the start of the draft season and everything. And it kind of just felt like not not as magical when you've already pounded 150 drafts by by July 15th, you know? It's great. No, I I've never been more ready for football as a result of playing best ball. Like I can, yeah, you know, 100%. I can do any draft, anytime, any day, anywhere, you know, like my home league, you know, I'm still in my home league that I've been playing in hold your ears guys since 1986. Whoa. And- Whoa. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing in that league since before I was born and I'm fake young. That's great. Yeah, I, was a fre- I was a freshman in high school. We st- somebody, you know, one of my buddies came up to me in the hall. He's like, we're doing this thing called fancy football. You want to do it? I'm like, of course, you know, 
Uh, and we, nobody knew what we were doing, of course, because, you know, nobody knows what you were doing. And my first round pick that year was Tony Franklin, kicker, New England Patriots. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then my and then years later, my one of the guys in the league tracked him down. And I think he owns a car dealership I, I, so, somewhere. And he got him to like write me a note, like an autograph note, saying, "You know what the f are you doing drafting a kicker in the first round? You moron! You know, sign Tony Frank." That's before nice. uh, JJ's nice dad had the uh, late round kicker uh, <laughs> theory. Fifth pick, I took him. He was one of two kickers to go that year in the first round. So you know, I learned. Uh, I've a few been played. I've been playing since '99, so not. I mean, I was the first. That was the first year I played. Was '99? I was seven. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Peter, what about you? What, 2008, 2009? <laughs> no, I mean, so my Pete, first... Pete found fantasy football around the same time he found improv comedy in Boston yeah. in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what if we, what if we can mix these two? No, this was, so my first time playing fantasy football was in 2004. I would go to the high school library with my buddy and we never actually had the time to do the Yahoo NBA fast drafts, but they had an automated draft thing, which makes no sense because mm-hmm. the whole fun part of the draft is getting to do it, but we never had time to do a full draft. So we would do the like simulate draft thing, just get our team spit out. You stare at your team, decide if you'd actually want to continue through with it or just go and rip another automated draft. So it was like a lotto tickets for fantasy drafting um not optimal but that that was my introduction to fantasy sports yeah well i mean like a business model let's do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is jeff is a grinder though more so than any of us on here even even me um he's more of a he's more of a grinder than me is he playing l lpga tour dfs this week korean baseball still (laughs) they they don't have it anymore they don't offer it this year after the season fun. started, he was waking up at 3 a.m. to set his Korean baseball lineups. You know, it was COVID times, man. Had yeah, yeah. Busy. I mean, who amongst us did not have a 3 a.m. alarm to check uh, A-League soccer DFS? Well, I always did think that was interesting to people that continued the kind of COVID activities post-COVID, you know, specifically with DFS. Like, I got really into League of Legends, and then right. I quickly abandoned that once football. You, you know, he, I gave that up. I gave it, it up. It, it's interesting. That's actually the one that stuck around in terms of like prize pools. Like yeah, I like really I saw I saw last night they had a twenty k to first. It's like that. I mean that's bigger than most weeks for soccer. Like, yeah, people people seem to which I I guess makes sense because people who are on their computers all the time anyways. It's like it's like what's the difference, COVID or not? Like I'm still playing League of Legends DFS. For me, I mean for me that was the height of like degeneracy because like yes. I to this day I cannot tell you what the hell is going on in those League of Legends games no. or I, I can you know. I can I can a little bit if I remember right well my god this I lineup mean, this lineup works sure <laughs> well even sweating those games like there there'd just be like a flurry of action happening you're like I don't know if this is good for me I don't know if it's bad you're just staring at the numbers being like I hope number goes up for my you got it you just had to rely on the commentators and it was like it was like uh it's like if you had the gold lead because it had like sort of a cascading effect on how many points you were getting I remember that like like having the gold lead like once it got to a certain point, it was like really unlikely that the team with less gold would win. Olympic rough. soccer. That's rough. what uh, Carlos said. That was Dave. Do was, you, do you think it. that, do you think that that break where real sports were not available because of COVID, like basically signaled your retirement as a DFS player? Cause it, <laughs> you, you yeah. were just like already kind of not having fun anyway. And then, once you had the excuse to just totally not no, play. the summer before that, I just <clears throat> baseball was like the, the, the stopping point for me because you get into, um, you know, August, 
in July for baseball, and it's just it's tough. Well, you right? know, I I won the big DraftKings GPP the very last day of the season last right. year for baseball. Well, that's, playing that's, playing I mean, playing Billy Hamilton. Right, great for you, uh, but that's not that's not what I <laughs> that's like. that's not me. It was on yeah. an it was on an NFL Sunday too. Oof. Like just get me to preseason, basically, and that's why <laughs> best ball has also rescued things um as well and that's why i want as as many different formats as possible so that you can engage in drafting in them (laughs) with your two two teams so i want to push back against this take that it gets boring first of all they don't get boring for me i literally get here we go big big best ball chiming in here we go here we go i get but i'm gonna push back against your your thing about needing to uh reinvent the wheel and stuff because we talked about this with the superflex one i was excited to have that one come out too but you everywhere you look people weren't actually that interested in it they just wanted another normal five dollar puppy because there's this comfort that goes comes with just doing something super familiar over and over like people don't like the superflex one they and they like they like the content you know it's like it's like it's like cards right like there are so many different variations of poker games you can play and pros will tell you oh you know plo is actually the game right or or you know oh i i really like playing uh, the mix game at the at the borgata or whatever but at the end of the day what people want is they want to watch no limit and they want to play no limit like 95 percent of people who are interested in poker really only care about no limit i just think auction can bring a whole new it's not that's too much that would be that's a long day that's a long someone, day. Someone, someone, <laughs> you have someone. to figure a way out to like, like a charge, Paul Charchian. They had like a, a test site um, that they did. I thought that it was maybe it was good, but maybe before it's time because there was no mobile applica- application for it. And there has to be like an app for whatever you're rolling out. Right. But like something that you can quickly do an auction. Draft. I mean, how, what what is the max that first place could be in an auction league best ball draft? I don't know. It's for the it's for the fun. It's, I mean, yeah, it's but for... no, no one no one is dedicating eight hours of their life for something that's fun. Like the the hourly the hourly that I'm getting on these best balls, unless I win, is so bad. Anyways, I can't imagine what the hourly return on an auction would be. I said this I think two years ago, maybe last year, and I'm I'm kind of back on this train. There is because everyone's grinding these uber efficient, uh, like high, like well, low margin drafts. Unless you win like the top three, right? Top three or four. Like that's what you're going for. Your lottery ticket for these best ball drafts. I really think there's something that people are overlooking for EV. You know what that is? The cash games. Six man cash game drafts. <laughs> there is. I people they have not caught up to the strategy. It's just like they're just drafting based on ADP, and they don't realize that there is um, definitely positive EV for these six man drafts. Have you played any six man drafts, Davis? No. So I, you how don't know. I, how Time is money. It? Time is money. I would I would prefer to be winning two million dollars, not like eighty seven dollars. <laughs> you're not going to win two million dollars, especially with your. Um, can't draft Robert Woods 12 spots early take <laughs> live like a little you're, you're vying for third third place maybe in your local third third, third third place in in basketball mania 2 would be good for me that would no, be I'm talking uh, about I, like in your 
in your draft, not in the total can, thing. Can we talk about the Week 17 mania? That's yeah. Yes, please. I, I <laughs> yeah. love getting a fresh take on Week 17 mania. So I I I wholly understand Week 17 mania. It makes total sense, and like it, it makes a lot of sense. But there's so many other factors that you have to like just to get to Week 17. Right. There's so many things that have to go right for you. And I like I remember last year I I lucked myself into the finals. Right, I finished 151st out of 160. Um, but I, I remember Mark, I had Mark Andrews on my team. Wait, you were in the best ball finals last year? I was, I was, I was. Yeah, yeah. That, well, I'm, I'm, I'm big time. No, that's good. No, that's, I'm big time. I'm big time. I'm big time. I got so again, it. Davis, Davis is points. the only one not, <laughs> it was not oh, been to the best ball finals. I'll give him some pointers later, but right, the idea here, so many, so much has to go right. And I, I had Mark Andrews and I, I think like probably 40, 50% of the teams had Mark Andrews. He had a huge 15 and 16. And like, so I could have like. Drafted everything set for week 17, but if I didn't have Andrews, I wasn't going to like get there. So I, I'm just, I, I think Davis, you, I think you tweeted something out the other day. Like if you're not doing one of these like eight different things, you're drawn dead in oh, best ball, yeah. right? Davis and, with his threads. Well, I mean, do you think that, I mean, is, is it possible that week 17, the idea of week 17 has taken like too much hold right now? I, or? I have, I have big time thoughts on this. Uh, so that what has happened is people, and I, I will admit, titling the video "Week 17 is all that matters." <laughs> I wonder. Little... We're all looking for the guy who did this. Whoa, whoa the hey dude God. pumping his bags. <laughs> hey guys, hey guys. But what has happened is it has become the ultimate straw man where people. <laughs> I see so many tweets are like, "We, well, I think it's a bad idea to just only be focusing on Week 17." I mean, go look at the rosters of anyone focusing on correlation right now. No one is massively reaching ahead of ADP. I think you could say some people are overstacking a little bit, but that I think just applies to kind of how you view like season long stacking, not even Week 17 itself. And so it's just become this straw man where it's like, show me these rosters that are so overly correlated that they're bad. And on top of that, no one has shown me what you're supposed to do if you're not focusing on week 17. I'm still waiting for one person to give me a plan. What should I be yeah, doing yeah, if I'm Pete, not trying to optimize Use your fucking brain. <laughs> Just pick the best plays and live You've a little, You've already been in the finals. Yeah. Well, what about, the finals. what about look, what about prioritizing week 15? Just so that you, like, you're buying, you're going like, no, no. to, like, no, no. So, so uh, Osimo did the, like, the, like, a little bit of different math than, uh, 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 Michael Dubner, which is the, the guy that Pete was working with for his video, which agreed on the premise that week 17 is the most important thing, but disagreed that optimizing for week 17 points has the highest value. Osimo's, which I, I don't know, his, his, I don't know, inside the black box or anything, but his findings were that actually optimizing for week 16 is the highest dollar return value if you accept that you are powerless over what your players do in week 17 and that just getting as many bullets in week 17 where all the money is concentrated is actually the most valuable, which really at the end of the day, it just comes down to like stacking teams is, is really the optimal strategy. Like yes. having four players from the same team and having that, that team either have a really good playoffs or just uh, like in the case of like the Giants ADPs or the Colts or the Jets or the Jaguars where they just weigh, they win more games, they score more points than expected. So 
all of those players are smashing their ADP. But Jeff, don't you think that, okay, let's say my video was titled week 16 and 17 is all that matters. The same straw man argument. I think it's bad just to be optimizing for these yeah, final yeah. two weeks of the season. People aren't actually pushing back against like the evidence and what we're trying to say. They're pushing back because they don't want to think about this through like a game theory or DFS lens. They do just want to live a little and hashtag draft the best players and not have to be worried about anything else. And it triggers them massively that the way this tournament is structured means they have to think about it through a different lens than which they're comfortable with okay so you're talking about looking through a dfs lens when you're drafting these best For ball sure. lineups last week during my draft you guys just, were getting David, upset we can't possibly explain it to you and more explain like no on five because terms why what you, you were doing was because bad. i was not drafting with the field i still don't understand how you can look through a lens and davis i want to read you you paid you paid six thousand dollars for Traylon burke when everyone else you're playing with paid five thousand dollars for him okay you davis did. do you you're you're reverting back to like the single game contest <laughs> when you're like, oh, I got to max it out. I got to have 50,000 or 49.5 or more. And when when we know that that is not the only strategy, right? Like people leave more than $1,000 left in their roster builds. Yeah. Uh, optimizing for, for uh, what's 17 times 30 to 256 regular season games, right? So optimizing for 256 games and, and the literal – trillions of potential variables there is much different than optimizing for Raven Steelers on okay. Thursday right. night football. Well, then I'm going to read you this tweet. Well, also a salary cap game, a salary cap game with a multiplier is also yeah. like, like, stop being disingenuous. I want to read this tweet. Uh, I've been thinking <laughs> a lot about best ball stacking week 17, etc. And this is where I've landed. Every time you draft, you need to have a lever against the field or you are just gambling that lever can be correlation player evaluation skill inside info on playing time lol uh structure etc i have my opinions on which levers are well best. inside info on playing time would be the biggest lever if you if you had it that yeah. would be that would literally be the top yeah, we've, lever. no davis i'm laughing because of your quote-unquote inside info which was laughable at the time um all right so anyways what wouldn't a lever be ADP drafting against ADP. Yeah, yeah the, you're giving a different you're, direction. Yeah, you are giving you you are you are delevering yourself. You are you are you are giving your opponents leverage by 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 giving them better like you're giving them better so both inside your 12 man league you are giving your opponents better prices on their players and you are up against 339,000 300 400,000 better prices whatever. based on your own point of no, view. No, better on literally on your... the market. <laughs> but you're driving <laughs> with the market. This is what I'm saying. You're basing everything off the market. That's what a good that's what a good trader that's what a good trader in any field does. They base it off the yeah. market. You ever heard well, of inflation? <laughs> stuff happens. So right. Dave, the one thing, <laughs> hang on, the, the, the thing I think about with it, when you're re a lot of times when you're reaching, and this is why reaching for week 17 stacks is bad, because not only are you sacrificing ADP value, but a lot of the field who's making similar mistakes is going to have similar rosters similar, than you. Similar and then, needs. Then you're going to be competing against the teams that had more patience and were able to get the same stacks you're reaching for, but with an extra few players snuck in because they weren't reaching. 
Yeah. ADP seems to matter a lot more right now than it did in the beginning of the season, though, right? Would you say ADP, that? I mean, it's going to be way it's going to be way stronger right now, right? It's the same thing as an NFL line that's been bet into twenty mil twenty million dollars versus the first three bets that come in. I mean, it's re- I haven't seen many mistakes. Like I haven't seen many big mistakes recently in the drafts I've been doing. You know what I mean? Whereas I thought, like you know, two months ago, I thought that a lot of people were doing things right. that didn't make any sense. Right. Well, you can be unique in your drafts, uh, Jeff, but apparently only if your uniqueness correlates with ADP. Because if you reach, Davis, you said in last week's draft, I can't believe you reached 12 spots earlier for Robert Woods. That's a round earlier. I just don't understand how. Yeah, so someone else, so you just took Robert Woods and whoever, and someone else, ju- someone else just took a round nine player and Robert Woods. They got you know, uh, an extra 10% of value. Like they're already beating you. You're literally already losing based off that reach. If you are going off that the market is perfect during the season, you are accurately predicting everything that's going to happen with these ADP. I mean, what you're saying is going to be first. Everything's going to be second. You are not giving anything to chance. And that that is what I'm saying. Literally, literally your argument is just like, it doesn't matter. Draft whoever eat Arby's like, just pick the best. Thank you. But isn't that, but isn't just the whole, I don't understand how you could say, Oh, I mean, that is an approach. That is an approach that is guaranteed to lose money over the long run. You might get, you might win money once. Yeah. It's like sometimes one team that makes it through Davis. Sometimes ashes. Oh, this is like the most tilted you've gotten. Can I call you Min Cashmatic? Because that's uh, that's kind of what you've turned into, buddy. There is no shame. There is no shame in a Min Cash. But this is what I'm saying, Davis. If you have this, if you have this thing about you just wanting to Min Cash with ADP with all the other ADP bros, then just play six man because there are there's more EV in that than your Min Cash strategies. Uh, No, no, I'm optimizing. We got to move on. We got to move on. You're driving me I'm sorry. fucking insane. We got it. <laughs> Davis, we don't have the time. show, Jeff. Yeah, I we don't have I've, time I've, for Davis. I've pain to the show here. I apologize. Yeah, no, Davis is literally on air, like just bending himself into a pretzel. <laughs> got to be different, but not that different. All right, that is actually that would be good advice for you to follow. You need to be different, but not so different. You're creating bad teams, but not different that way. <laughs> got it. All right, uh, let's see. Kitchen with a big short strategy. <laughs> That's what Graham Benson said. That is. Like, what if? What if? Play whoever you want. All right, Jeff, let's uh let's talk about some of the off-season narratives. You are what what would you say your job is right now? <laughs> That's a a tough question I, I don't know i cover the united states gambling industry for you know sports handle us bets and assorted other websites yeah you know, all under the you know bc banner so you do a pretty good job but there's been a few good stories uh one of my favorite ones was when we, when we were in jersey last year and you covered the uh the jason robbins story oh the what where he was uh that thought that he had a burner account yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that was also right. So yeah, they, uh, this guy Mo something or another starts tweeting. He's got no followers, nothing, and all it is is like, you know, I will give Jason Robbins like all the sex he wants. I think Jason Robbins is awesome. Jason Robbins is the best. DraftKings is the best. Jason, and and then somebody started like pointing out that this looks like a burner account. Yeah. And I thought this would make a great story if it was indeed a burner account. So I started investigating it, 
And uh, I, I was like all ready to go with that. It was, it really seemed like it was. And I, you know, but then this guy, Mo, I, who I messaged, he, he reaches out to me and he calls me up and he like, we go live and it's, it's clearly not Jason Robbins. And so at this point I'm thinking, well, if it's, if it's some kind of like really deep scam that the CEO of a major American company is pulling, this is, would be even better. So I go ahead and I write it. And the first, and, and like the, the, we titled it something to the effect of, does Jason Robbins have a burner account? Knowing that that would get a few eyeballs. And yeah. it got some eyeballs, including Jason Robbins, who immediately took to Twitter <laughs> and like called me every name, like in the book, like this asshole doesn't, you know, he, this is journalism. And I, I, I message him I'm like, dude, read the story. Like I say that it's not a burner account. Like we, I we tracked the guy down and then he, he, he messaged me, he DMs me and apologizes. And then next thing I know, I have the two of them on the phone <laughs> and uh, I say to him, you know, now I'm just having fun. I mean, yeah. literally, my kids are upstairs. My wife's upstairs. I'm in the basement, like, talking to the CEO of DraftKings and some dude named Mo, yeah. who's, like, from Pakistan, and he's just a trader, and he's, like, trying to – he has a charity. And I was going to say, did, was it was it just that he had a huge DraftKings stock bag? He has a stock bag. Position, yep, and, he's yeah. try, and he was trying to, like, you know, yeah. just yeah. pump it up a little bit. But anyway, he he's, has he's this, basically He's basically our generation's A-Raven 52. <laughs> I can't speak to that. I don't know who the hell you're talking about. But regardless, <laughs> I'm on the phone with Robbins and this guy, and, and the guy mentions a charity, and I say, Jason, why don't you donate? This is the first time I've ever talked to Jason Robbins. I go, Jason, you should donate money to this guy for his charity. He's like, it's a great idea. Ten minutes later, the other guy's sending me a screenshot of $100,000 that Robbins donated to the guy's yeah. charity, and they're, as we speak, building a school in Pakistan, which is, there's a giant, I'm going to be writing about it next month, a giant sign in the middle of desert Pakistan with Jason Robbins' face saying, thank you, Jason Robbins. It's crazy. That's that's awesome. Pete actually did that with Terrace Marshall last year. Had a yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jeff actually ago. was called me and he was threatening to write about me pumping and dumping my best ball bags, and I was able to talk him <laughs> off that he article. Down. Who did well, he get ten percent stake? <laughs> of course, Jeff. I am curious. Like one thing, I always talk about this with my buddy Brian Hooper, and about like just kind of drama and intrigue within DFS. And as someone who has to like find compelling stories that people are actually clicking on, obviously the Jason Robbins one is like perfect. The 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 scandal with the Bachelor contestants is up there. But do you find it hard to cover DFS from an angle that would be interesting to people other than who know the name A Raven? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we're right, you know, but we're writing for a pretty specific audience in general to begin with, right? We're writing for people either in the industry or interested in the industry. So, you know, but at the, you know, getting fine, it's always fun to find like the stories that we know people are going to enjoy. Like, I've been, what I've been dying to write, and I know it's just never going to happen after talking to a few people, is like the real inside story of, you know, the insider trading scandal that rocked DraftKings in the daily fantasy world, you know, seven years ago. You know, I've reached out to a few people and it Hashtag is clear, Ethan Gate. Yeah, it is clear I'm not that the real story is never going to be told to me, whatever it is. Yeah. So but it's fun like, to like fun to like ten like ten years from now when, when these when no one cares about daily fantasy anymore and it's all betting, you should uh you should you should try and write a spec script for that. Because it'd be yeah. a good movie. I would like to and I would like to write it with you. Uh, you gotta uh, Deb, producer's well, credits. I don't know. Some about people that. do know what uh what, what happened. I can't right. imagine how miserable it would be to have Kitchen as a writing partner on a feature-length <laughs> script. You just got, hey, listen, I know this is the way it's done. I know this is what a page length is supposed to be, but just live a little. Jeff's like, just wait, live. this happened verbatim? And I'm like, eh, kind of. <laughs> based on true events, based on true events. Yeah, somewhat. 
I mean, you could definitely write like a based on true events script for the beginning of DFS. But I, uh, I want to go back to what Davis. Do you really think that DFS is going to go the way of the dinosaur in ten years? I, I, I hope these not. sites don't care, man. They don't well, care no. at all. There will always be niche sites, just like there's always going to be dinosaurs. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying DFS will cease to exist, or that you can't win a million dollars on it, or whatever. But you'll like it, like uh, innovation adding new sports, you know, even like rake back and stuff. It's all moving to the sports books. See, I think, I think it might survive because I think I tend to agree with what you're saying that they don't, these sites don't care about DFS, but they don't care about sports betting either. They, they care, about, care about money. They care about casino. That's where yes. the real money is. Yeah. 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 You know, right now there's only like six or seven States that have legalized it. But I, uh, you know, as part of my job, I cover like Michigan, everything in Michigan. It's very exciting. Like covering like legislative action on the gambling front in Michigan. I'll tell you right. like, hours worth of, <laughs> You know, fun stories exciting. but uh the 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 you know the, the DraftKings, fandals they're all there they're making 10 12 times more a month in casino than they are in sports betting yeah i played i played online blackjack on fanduel who has yeah. yeah but have you played DraftKings rocket davis oh god no when when pete davis. and i went to when pete and i went to new york uh i had apparently already used my my DraftKings like free bet or whatever so i i was on fanduel Oh, that drag! You guys, you guys ever, you guys ever done live dealer roulette on one of these sketchy offshore sites where it's like literally, it's like a ransom camera on this gal (laughs) and she's just dealing, she's just dealing blackjack or whatever. No, but that's like steak.com. That's the one that like Drake and all them. Well, uh, Bodog, Bodog Bovada offers stuff like that. Well, he's like, you know, not that I would have any information. If the FBI is watching this, I have no information. (laughs) It's all, it's all her. I've heard all about this third hand. I have no direct knowledge. DraftKings and Fan, you know, and MGM, they all have live dealer stuff also now. And what's great is really, if you go, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you go, if you go into like the five dollar blackjack room, there's like 180 people playing, and all it takes is one person. There's always one person who, like, I guess hashtag wants to live a little and is hitting on 20 <laughs> just to screw yeah. with everybody. You know, uh, and the chat is great. People are just screaming and hollering at the guys. But uh, yeah, no, it's I can only money, imagine it's like. Very dangerous. It, that chat being way worse than the old fan dude fan how, how, how many people how many people who still play dfs today actually this venn diagram venn diagram people who have registered at least one team in best ball mania three and remember when FanDuel had a live chat how many know. people how many people are in the interior probably bubble? a small small percentage it's, it's probably just it's probably just me it's me you csu and dan bach those are the only people <laughs> FanDuel's live chat was the worst because Blake Griffin is out. Yeah, you'd be following out, and they're just—they're basically—it's just a wild west. And Draft Street also had a chat, and that's where I came to hate uh, Drew Dinkmeyer because he was so cocky on there. Oh, he was—he <laughs> was just the absolute worst. And he'll tell you—he'll tell you how how bad he was. He used to be, man, but he's gotten a lot better to his credit. We got a See, question for Jeff here. Yeah, I cannot explain why you can't use underdog on the browser in Indiana. That's uh, <laughs> so my experience Jeff does not provide legal advice. Uh, he so, just covers the stories. So my experience with underdogs VPN is that they must have last off season upgraded it to a new provider because I used oh to boy. be able to v- I used to be able to VPN in two years ago, and I used to be able to VPN on draft because I lived in Missouri, which was not legal until last off season. And whatever they upgraded to Careful. is like is the, is the top of the line because you cannot get in. So if your browser has anything tricky, if there's any gray area in Indiana, 
like their their VPN is going to catch. It just must be the the a the a ten. Speaking of underdog in sports betting, you know they have they're getting into sports betting, right? They uh, just filed for an Ohio license and they got a Colorado yep. license, and they won't tell me. I've like interviewed them a bunch of times, but like Jeremy swears that there's like stuff that they're going to do that like nobody else is doing. That you know, I've got an I, inside I, source. He's I, uh, he's from the Soccer Dave tree. I'd, I'd love to know what they're going to do. I'm curious to know what they're going to do. Claiming you know, they, Jeremy Levine is part of the Soccer Dave tree is no, not Jeremy. The best. Not Jeremy. You know Jordan? who it is. Jordan. Jordan is not part of your tree. Jordan is like one of my best friends. He does not count for you. <laughs> he <laughs> he got brought up through Fantasy you. Insiders. Jordan is like my it, Jordan is my in real life best friend or I one know, of them. He we brought him on to write content for DFS because of you. But he's he's in the tree, Davis. He is not. You are not. You are not counting Jordan as part of your tree. Then whose tree is he in? Mine, my tree. (laughs) And whose tree are you in, Davis? No, I'm my own tree, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very nervous because Kitchen just sent me 40 cases of vitamins that he told me I had to sell. Yeah, what is Kitchen gonna reveal? Kitchen is this Kitchen is, is, is MLF scheme. He is he is er, he is herbal lifing DFS talent. <laughs> Davis Jordan is one hundred percent in my downline, and you cannot take my that down. away. <laughs> Do you know what's crazy is that Kitchen actually has the most Twitter followers of anyone in the fantasy industry when you account for all of his trees. Twitter <laughs> <followers>. <laughs> yeah. That means he also gets lots of engagements on his tweets too, and not just four per tweet. No, but like, uh, yeah. Yeah, the tree cast like there are people who i will readily admit not in the soccer dave tree like or i could be even in like the dan bach tree right because he kind of brought me on i'm not silva is not in the uh the david kitchen tree but honestly i don't want silva in our tree uh, <laughs> pete pete was silva talking trash i want to know yeah right uh, what do you say uh, I, so someone uh, tagged me in uh, in the Discord and said that he was talking shit at the top of the podcast, and he tried to do a brief aside where he said, um, you know, back in the day on the Swolecast, which uh, rest in peace to that show, I don't think it's going on anymore. And then he continued <laughs> with some anecdote where they tried to use grinding film to help them uh, be good at fantasy. So I, I don't know uh, how that worked, but yeah, Silva, we still live rent-free in Silva's head. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, this is like when he, he, this is what he does publicly. He'll bash the swole cast. They, the show that kind of gave him the DFS platform that <laughs> now, now he's with, uh, I personally, I personally credit fantasy Shane with giving him a DFS platform. No, no that was the year he had like every platform was, uh, was giving it to him. No um, one, no one secures the bag better than Evan Silva. Well, he and did. I mean that, I mean, that is a hundred percent compliment. But now he went behind the uh, the paywall. So. Yeah, I'm sure the I'm sure the bag is terrible behind the paywall. No, like he secured the bag, but it's just with one side. He does. He used to be. He used to charge like these. Well, rates. David, David, the name of the game in a capitalist economy is to do the least amount of work with the greatest amount of return. So Evan Silva has won the game. David, I understand what you're saying. You have to understand what I'm saying as far as like the sub. What we're talking about the subcontractor, what he was doing a few years ago. And that's when like Levitan was telling him, "Hey man, you're, you you got to charge like six hundred bucks a show." <laughs> so he would just throw out numbers, and people would pay it because they had money. So yeah, Levitan was right, and Silva was right. Labor um, labor is always underpriced. 
Now that uh, I hear Silva's negotiation tactic, I'm going to have to uh, renegotiate my <laughs> Yeah, we did not pay $600. We did not pay $600. This show would have gotten canceled way yeah. long ago if that was our show, right? David David asked me to do it for free every year. It would have been it would be good for your brand. Yeah. It's worth good it. exposure. Yeah, it's still I mean, you do work for a competitor, so it's just like common sense that says <laughs> what a comment. I thought Evan Silva was a middle reliever for the Mets until David Kitchen introduced <laughs> him on the Swellcast. Like people went to Silva for their like season long and uh you know they're, David, they're this is match. this is even this is even more absurd than claiming that Jordan Case is part of your tree. Like Evan Evan gave us legitimacy, bud. At first, yeah. No. I mean he, he was part of it, but they, they part, won't be saying they, the same thing about me. No worries. What did Evan gave legitimacy? I'm not doubting like what Evan brought to the show, but when Pete came to the show, what did people say? Wow, this who's is, that guy? This is actually better. This is actually better. <laughs> is they, I don't know about that. I think I think probably the number one comment I we get is why are these guys laughing so much? I wish people they would game. talk about the plays. Why aren't they giving us the plays? Davis, that's not why people tune into this show. They don't tune in for the show. They're for the They the, don't tune in for the show. You're right. They don't. They don't. Tune in for the uh, the plays. They tune they tune in for a mixture of entertainment and education. And the Swolecast was really the first show to do that in the fantasy space wrong uh yeah okay i got a i got a question for you maybe the fantasy football power hour was or how hour. how long well you might you might not know this at all or maybe you will do you is there ever a path to this casino with these casinos you know it all coming is is poker ever going to be legal online in the united states ever again yeah i think it will be i mean you know it's in new jersey pennsylvania michigan Nevada and I Nevada. Want to say West Virginia. It's it's legal right now. And there's like a compact between like I think New Jersey, I want to say New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Nevada are in a compact and Michigan. Where they can they can compact. share prize they, pools. Yep. And they can you can play each other. So yeah, I, I would imagine that like I, I guess it's gonna be like on a state by state basis. I don't, you know, I I think the, the federal, you know, the, the wire act will eventually come down when somebody, you know, cares enough to do it, but uh, until then, it's gonna it's gonna be state by state. Yeah. So, uh, short answer is no, but kind annoying. of annoying. Isn't that so annoying? And I live I live in Missouri, so I'll literally be, I'm gonna be the last state to get all this shit. I mean, sports betting sports betting was on the docket here and it got got struck down. Kansas Kansas passed sports betting before Missouri. They're they're going live in September, right? I believe they are. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of these states at this point, I you know, it's it's all just politicians being idiots is yeah. all it comes down to, you know, and like trying to get as much as they can, you know, squeeze every dollar out of it. But what they don't realize is that there, there's so little money in the end when in sports betting, you know, for the States, you know, we're, we're you know, 10, you know, 10, 12, $20 million is not going to like turn your state around, you know, yeah, that's that all builds, it is, that builds you know? like half a road more or less, <laughs> you know, but I, I mean, the one thing that does do theoretically, you know, and, you know, and I think where it really got the ball rolling you know, after New Jersey did it, was that it protects the consumer? You know, it protects the consumer, but you know that's hard. Okay, okay, you said are, it. Are, are, you say when you're when you can't get five dollars down on a side. You know, are they uh, are they still doing the? I remember when it launched, maybe in Washington D.C. I can't I can't remember I can't remember where it was, um, where they they had like forty cent lines on both sides. Like, is that still is that still happening? 
Well, and that depends on the operator. DC is a terrible because they went with the, like the lottery provider or something, Gambit, and it's been yeah. a disaster. Uh, so DC is like a terrible example. I mean, the states that are doing it right, New Jersey is doing it right, Michigan's doing it right. You know, where it's a good balance, where you know they're not the the, the operators are paying like 12 percent taxes, so they're not getting killed. You know, other states like New York, they're paying fifty one percent taxes. It's not gonna, it's yeah, unsustainable. We thought Tennessee was bad with the handle, Jeff. Uh, pe- I mean, Jeff is a sharp. Jeff is just another sharp that listens to the Swolecast. He gets he gets limited. I've gotten on limited his, on player props. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's I wear it as a badge of honor, but exactly. it sucks. <laughs> Don't you get bored See, with player props, Jeff? Just the move over and under stop, every time. Stop being completely <laughs> the, different. The drafting the same person every day. It's like if you put the same player prop every single week. I have very smoothed out exposures. Thank you very much. Kid. All right. So I obviously Pete's upset with my board take on under, but I'm, it's not that I'm bored. It's just yeah. that. There's no there's no changing variables right now. We don't have injuries. We don't have That's a force yet. There's no changing variables. In the beginning, right now. two months ago, I felt like I was getting something over on everybody when yeah. I would draft, you know, Rashad White or whatever. Now it's if like, your kitchen, if yeah. you have kitchen mindset, you could always get something over on the field. Just yeah, because you can just take whoever you want. <laughs> Jeff, um, Pete's not upset at your board take. Pete's upset that it leaned or that it lended any sort of credibility to my previous take that people would get bored <laughs> with best ball drafts. That's what he's upset with. I want to fire up more draft streams. Watch the watch the views and numbers roll in and tell me if people are getting bored with best ball content. I'm tired of I'm tired of uh, Pete whisper you know, in a few years. Get, let's get that 10 second limit contest going. I do like yes. 10 second limit. when you when you open a new account, do you make like 10 bad bets on purpose so that you don't get limited? No, I, 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 no, I don't. In fact, I do the exact opposite thing. You know, every, you know, I'm done opening. That seems very unwise. You should know better. Looking back, I should have. No, what I did in the beginning was I took advantage of every promo and, you know, I would arbitrage everything. And I mean, that is, that is just, you're begging, you're begging to get $5 down on NBA player props. If you do that. Davis is still going with the tank strategies. No, everyone knows. Everyone knows when you open up a new account, you fire, you fire like a bunch of futures and, and, overs right away and they profile you as a rec better and you are you will be much slower to get limited from what i've been told from like you know like the the the, the real gamblers in the space the real sports betters that it, but the, the thing they're looking for the most overall is if you beat closing line like yeah. if you beat if you start routinely beating closing line you, they they slap you you know they, they slap you down immediately yeah you don't have to worry i got i got limited i got we enter when we enter them like 10 minutes before lineup lock that's uh you don't worry about you're it. good to go there I got limited for the first time ever last year. I I had I had always heard about this mythical limiting, and and after uh, that, I I bet Shohei Otani to win MVP twice, and on the third time, the most I could get down on it was fifty three dollars. Yeah, but then all uh, your soccer takes kind of um, allows you to to bet more, right? Well, I'm just a very recreational better. I mostly bet yeah. golf. I mostly bet golf outrights and soccer sides, uh, neither of which I'm very good at. So, I, I don't I don't get I don't get limited. <laughs> the says lizard. No, I mean this will people people who work on the operator side will tell you this that they have filters that that can get that profile your betters, and if the first. 10 bets you make are bad bets. You will, you will eventually get limited if you are crushing closing line value where you're killing them on player props, but you will be much slower to get limited if your first 10 bets are, are overs or, or like futures or outrights. Let's face it, there's probably a threshold. 
And once you cross that threshold, regardless of what it is, right? Some books well, are better than others, though. Winbet, I know, is really trying hard not to not to be like that. Uh, right. Circa, Circa, Circa Sports definitely. and, yeah, and, yeah. and Nevada. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that will work out for Circa in the long run? Being like you know the players' book or whatever. Like, isn't that? Doesn't that just mean they're limiting how much they can make? I don't know. I, I mean, they're you, you know these guys are always starting at plus one ten, right? You know, it's tough to lose if like you're always going to be. That's true. If you can bet, if you can bet every game at plus one ten, that's true. Right. You will, you will, you will make money. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Um, we got six minutes left. The swole, maybe the Swole Cash should start their own little bookmaking operation. You know, like quietly on the side. That would be. And, and, then, and the price and the price doesn't matter because we're just li- you know the market's not that efficient. The we're price just matters. We're talking about that, Davis. It doesn't so matter. The so, contest. When so you're name to your it. name your price, and old soccer dad will take it because he's just living a little. <laughs> the key to living is uh, being unique, but uh, don't be unique in that way. The key, the key to living is being unique. You, you know how uh, you know underdog will do the special lines and they'll be really off like joe burrow throws for one yard they should have kitchen be their bookmaker but just set his real lines but they can serve (laughs) hey david how many yards do you how many yards do you think robert woods gains this year ah yeah whatever 1700 right 1600 yards 1700 yards robert woods 100 yards per game it's like points bet where like however many spots he goes over like that's what round he's gonna be in robert woods favorite to go over 1700 yards per the soul cast yeah Uh, you would be kansas city chiefs all kansas city chiefs players are you guys all on the lines by the way have you has everyone jumped on that bandwagon for this year yeah uh eric eager eric eager talked me into it last week did you? I saw a tweet. Um, the Lions over on their win total the was the most, most popular bet. bet in July. How did that's that's crazy? Is that all coming from PFF? Are there? It's just it's the nerds. It's yeah. the nerds. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's. Well, I, I think it's everybody just saying. Well, they got they have to because look at all the talent that they have, and that they're still the Lions. It's like kind of like the the Browns, right? Like. Everyone was on the Browns a couple of years ago, and then they just cleared. And now them. they've got it all figured out, dude. They, <laughs> they, 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 you know, they're they're good to go. They gamed the system with this Watson contract. You know, he's just gonna abuse as many people as he wants, and the NFL is gonna give him a two game suspension, and it's all good. Jeff, what's your favorite stack right now? Your forty plus best ball drafts. Well, favorite or the one that I'm most exposed to? I'm, what, uh, what's the one you're both. most exposed to? The Giants. The I was going to say they, he's Tony. sharp. He's got he's got the Tony Jones, Wandale, and, and Galloway, and I also have a ton of the Jets. Uh, you know Zach yeah. Wilson and all three of the receivers. You know I they, I like the I, Jets one. Yeah, for sure. They they were so cheap. You know, like you kind of stumble into them. Like in every, like you could stumble into you could have stumbled into that stack in every draft you did like early on, and yeah. so I did. I stumbled like right into it. Davis, what ugly stacks are you doing right now? Uh, the what's your, Giants, what's your lever? The Gi- what's your the Gi- what's your current <laughs> lever that you're pulling? It's so annoying to talk to David because he makes thinking about things and like like oh it's like thoughtful and engaging and David's like oh yeah you think about what you're doing you fucking nerd loser <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm just trying to understand what the lever you're pulling. You said you have to pull a lever. What I mean, I, the, right the Giants, the Giants vomit stack is good. The Patriots, vom- uh, you could you could do the Patriots vomit stack with all your last picks. You can do uh, Mac Jones, one of his wide receivers, and Cedric Wilson or Raheem Mostert, uh, all with your final, th- you know, 15, 16, 17, 18. Uh, that's a that's a that's a pretty good vomit one. 
All right. And I, I did see you talking about three quarterbacks as well. Yeah. You're I mean, the, it feels, the it feels, it, strategy. I mean, the, well, it's like, you know, uh, the, the data is in the eye of the beholder, but, uh, yeah. Osimo's, Osimo's theory is that. Are you and, working and, for Osimo these days? Is that, uh, no, it's just not that many people are coming up with like, uh, hard research best ball articles that, uh, demonstrate, that they put a lot of money in and the results of putting a lot of that money in. And I, I thought I've always thought that early in the off season before training camp news comes out, that there's kind of like this uh, latent value in drafting three quarterback teams in the sense that we are, don't really have any idea what we're doing with our 17th and 18th round picks. Like a lot of those guys are going to be zeros, yeah. not play, get hurt, whatever. Whereas I feel pretty confident that Carson Wentz is going to play a bunch of games, or I feel pretty confident that, uh, Marcus Mariota or or whoever is going to play a bunch of games and that that at some level Obviously. is going to add points to my team. Uh, I, I'm taking Pickett instead because he's still the favorite for offensive rookie of the year. So it feels like the market's telling me he's going to play a ton of games. But yeah, roughly that point. My most favorite strategy, which is not a strategy, it was just fun to do, was I was taking 11 running backs and receivers with the first 11 picks. And then back I kind of like that. Right. And then, and then knowing that I was going to get Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, I would take Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson. Then I would take Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter in 17 and 18. And then I would take Irv Smith and, you know, those tight ends, take three of them. So I have four quarterbacks, three tight ends, and then, you know, just the, you know, 11 rounds worth of quarterbacks and running, uh, running backs and receivers. It was fun. I doubt it's going to work, but it was fun. Well, you could just take whoever you want. As That's long what as I was you're, doing. Yeah, you can just Politics take whoever you want. Yeah, but don't correlate. You can only correlate if it uh, if it. You could. You're right. Involved, you can only correlate can only if it makes sense in the market. Involves current level markets. Don't try to correlate with something you think might happen. So you know, That's as a long time as a long time listener of the Swellcast, I think today's episode and the animosity between uh, Mr. Kitchen, Mr. Maddock, is thanks to David uh, Kitchen inviting me. Right, knowing yeah. that I actually am a part of his tree, and that right. you know that there would be there wouldn't be a three on one situation. Well, I think you bring facts and logic to the table, and sometimes Davis has uh, he is trouble with that. So he can only he's a sheep. It's like he sees one thing. <laughs> yeah, the well, fact Osimo, the fact Osimo of, Osimo the fact of ADP. Osimo writes an article, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going this way." It's just like during the season, he'll have a take on Tuesday or Wednesday. By the time he talks to some of these high stakes guys, he's completely shifted his take. He's a sheep. All right, uh, Pete, what's, uh, what contrarian stacks are you drafting um, these days? I, I have a hard out right now, but I do a lot of Davis Mills uh, with Nico, with Mechie, with Brevin Jordan. He's kind of my ultimate backstop yeah. whenever I get boxed are you taking? Are you taking LaVisca or Zay Jones? Visca, I mean, yeah. come on. I just, like, I just had this conversation with Liam like ten minutes, an hour ago. Right. Like, I know, I know, Visca burned everyone, but Zay Jones is like a nineteen condom pick, like, <laughs> like literally I mean, nineteen. <laughs> Final thoughts, Pete, before you have to go. Uh, no, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming into here. I wouldn't wish anyone having to be a guest on this show and dealing with all our <laughs> shit. And you, uh, you handled it admirably. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, right. pleasure all to right. be here. RIP the boring draft day. I think all I right. think we should do. I think we should all. I think Jeff should come back and we should all do a draft and he should take eleven straight running backs and wide receivers. I'm in. Mm, yeah, mm. of course he's in. There you go, Sosa. <laughs> Line it up. All right, uh, Davis. Final thoughts. ADP doesn't matter. Points don't matter. Just take whoever you want, whenever you want. It's all. It's all fine. Mm. Le- levers don't matter unless they're <laughs> the ones I say. Uh, Jeff, what? Yeah. Uh, what do you guys? Yeah. I mean, the only thing is, you guys interested in any uh, vitamins? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it. Uh, congrats to Jeff for checking something off his bucket list. Uh, thanks for everyone tuning in. Leave us a, uh, a comment. Like the show. Subscribe. We'll see you next time here on the Swellcast at RotorGrinders.com. Peace. Peace.